one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by 
0.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. You need to know your kid can do for themselves. So provide all the love and the guidance, but make sure you're also teaching them to do for themselves. Because if you don't, when you're dead and gone or incapacitated, you'll have this bewildered, floundering human who's chronologically adult but can't do a damn thing for themselves. Drop it like a hat. Drop it like a hat. Drop it like a hat. Natalie, what do I do? <laughs> I hope it's giddy giddy. There we go. Guys, we are here and we're so excited to have Julie with us. And I'm looking at her bio and I'm like, you just are everything. You are the smartest woman who's coming here to talk about something that we are so interested in. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Well, thanks for letting me join you in your car uh, and join with your listeners today um, with your amazing audience. Um, I'm Julie Lithcott-Hames. I'm uh, someone who roots for humans to be okay. I'm 53. I'm black and biracial. I've grown up as the other in so many spaces and places. And I think that gives me a lot of compassion for everyone. I'm just really interested in each one of us making our way toward the life we desire for ourselves, getting better at the things we're good at, leaning more into the things we're passionate about, being in workplaces and in relationships and communities where we feel we're contributing and we're cherished. And so my work ultimately has led to that. I used to be a lawyer, then I was a university dean. Now I'm writing books and talking about them with humans in cars. <laughs> you know, we, we have uh, seven children between us. And I think that, um, each mother and parent loves their children so hard. And sometimes it's to a detriment because you love them so hard. And you have a new book coming out called How to Be an Adult. Correct. It's, it's actually called Your Turn, How to Be an Adult. How to Be an Adult is a subtitle, but yes, very much. And this is written for our children? It's written for... Young adults who are struggling with adulting. So the millennials were the first to say, I can't adult. I don't want to adult. Adulting is hard. And this is me very compassionately saying, oh, baby, yes, of course it is hard. And you have to. And guess what? You're going to want to because it's amazing to actually be in charge of yourself instead of feeling like you're a dog at the end of your parents' leash. So come on, let me help you deal with some of the harder bits. But let me also shine a light on what's amazing about the freedom and independence of adulting and even going back to so that's when they're young adults and they're being afraid to actually become an adult but going back to when your kids are more you know younger in our age a lot of people talk about helicopter parenting like all these different kinds of parenting and over parenting and i'm sure that that becomes a part of a young adult not being able to be to be independent tell us about anti-helicopter parenting what is a helicopter parent what's over parenting all of this so the book that I wrote six years ago was this one, <laughs> How to Raise an Adult. And then this one, I'm sorry, it's a reverse situation. No, no, no. This is its sequel in a way, okay? If this one's on the harm of overparenting, this is then the offering 
to young adults, but frankly, a lot of parents of every age are reading this and saying, I'm learning things about myself. I'm learning things about how to support my kids. So this book, I think, is about how to live your best life. And it's really actually for everybody. But to helicopter parenting. So I was this dean on a college campus, Stanford University, um, some time ago, watching how childhood had changed. Basically, the evidence was parents were all of a sudden coming to college with their kids, coming to university, let me use the appropriate Canadian term, coming to university with their kid and staying in the form of needing to talk to professors about this, how the student was doing, needing to, being worried about roommate disputes, um, registering their air quotes child for college, um, knowing about their air quotes child's deadlines. And I was, I'm air quoting child because, hey, this young person could be in the military. This young person could be in the workforce. But you, here they are in this four-year college, university, private, um, very well-resourced. Why are you acting like your student is an infant who has to be led on a leash all the time? Helicopter parenting over parenting is us doing too much for our kids way too long. So let me just break it down like this. They start in our bodies. A, a, a being comes to life by having been carried in, in a woman's body. Okay. And then they're held on our bodies. Like the crook of our neck is where we hold our little infants. And then they're held on our hips, right? Like we're carrying them around. And then they're held by our hand. You can't see my hands now, but I'm holding the hand of like a five-year-old right now. And then at some point, we got to let go of their hands. Why? Because we have taught them how to make food and how to keep track of their belongings and how to cross streets and how to talk to strangers to advocate for their own needs, but also be respectful. We are confident. Job well done. Look at my child. They are off and running out into the adult world. Isn't that magnificent? Good for me. I am no longer holding their hand. Helicopter your parents want to always hold the hand because our identity is I don't know if I exist unless I'm doing everything for my child unless I'm monitoring their schoolwork and monitoring their whereabouts and always on top of every little thing I don't know what my identity is if I'm not and I'm here to say oh ho oh, stop it hurts kids it damages their mental health they don't have skills and we don't get a life we need to have a life yes. when was the last time we had some cocktails or kick back and enjoyed I mean outside the pandemic when, when were we having the social life with fellow adults that would make a child say, I want to be an adult one day because adulting looks amazing. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Nat. Oh my gosh, Julie, I love this. you summed it up so much. And I know you said that people don't have an identity outside of it, but do you think some women and moms feel guilty or badly for like letting their kids launch because society has taught us that, you know, you're a good mom for making dinner. You're a good mom for doing the laundry. You're a good mom for making them feel cozy and safe. You're a good mom for being there at bedtime every night. You know, there's a notion of good mom versus 
identity. 100%. 100%. I think what we're talking about is where's the line? Yes. Right? All of those things you described are so loving and so necessary and so wonderful. Let's just advance many, many decades to when you're dead, you need to know your kid can do for themselves. So provide all the love and the guidance, but make sure you're also teaching them to do for themselves. Because if you don't, when you're dead and gone or incapacitated, you'll have this bewildered, floundering human who's chronologically adult but can't do a damn thing for themselves, okay? So yeah. love then, success as a mom then is, did I teach my kid to do for themselves? Did I show them every step? I have a four-step method. Well, I hope you can pop it in the links or what have you for your community later. It's this adorable little cartoon that demonstrates the four-step method for teaching any kid any skill. First, you do it for them. Then you do it with them. Then you watch them do it. And then they can do it independently. Okay, picture teaching your child to cross the street. First, you do it for them. You're carrying them. They don't have to think about it at all. They're safe and held. Step one, everything starts as a step one, okay? Yeah. Step two, you do it with them. You announce with your loving, tender voice. Hey, buddy, we're gonna start to practice crossing the street together, okay? Hold my hand, here's where we stand. Here's how you look left and right and left to check for whether it's safe. You're slowing it down. Don't do this when you're in a hurry. Don't scoop them up because you'll be scooping up your seven-year-old to carry them across the street if you haven't made time for the teaching of the step. Okay, you do step two enough times where you're holding them and narrating with your voice. You then move to step three, which is terrifying. You let go of their hand. You know they've passed through the developmental stage where they're going to run out in the street. They don't do that anymore. Okay, you're swapping roles. You say, hey, buddy, now you're going to be the one to decide if it's safe, but I'm still here just in case. And they say, okay, mommy, I look left, right, left. You say, no, no, slow it down, buckaroo, like, slow down. Teaching. Okay, okay, it's safe. No, 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 honey, there's a garbage truck over there. Let's make sure there's not a car hiding behind the garbage truck. In other words, you're there to make sure they don't get run over. They develop that instinct of step three enough times with you. You can move to step four where your kid can be crossing the street and without you. And you can be enjoying whatever's going on in your life. You've got the confidence. They've got the confidence. They've been taught how to do this. And so now they can. Oh, you're, it's like, it's like every, uh, I think women and moms and, and parents need the permission to hear that this is what kids need because I haven't, as a mom, I haven't heard this message spoken everywhere. It, you know, where it's like, this is the job of a parent is to uh, like, you're not a bad mom for letting them go. You're a great mom for launching them and helping them do this for themselves. You're actually a better parent for doing it than making, than coddling them and, you know, easing their pain along the way, which is such a message we all need to hear daily. What, what, and what is that feeling that like a lot of parents feel the need to be in control of the outcome, whether we're talking about their children's marks or their relationships with friends? Like, why do we, why do so many mothers feel they need to be in control or at least very involved to make sure the outcome is some, is something they think would be positive? For too many of us, and I'm not speaking about you, I'm not speaking about any particular listener, but I'll just own it for myself. I have two kids. I have a 21-year-old and 19-year-old. 
And I know my ego was very tied up in my kids' marks and their achievements and so on. So I felt judged. If my child wasn't achieving at this level, a little piece of me winced. You know, I need that because I need people to know that I'm amazing because it's like my child becomes my project. Mm. Let me show you what I've done. That's why we end up doing their homework. I don't know if that's happening in Canada. In the United States, a lot of parents are kind of overhelping with the homework, not just making sure the homework gets done, but they're fixing it, making it better, writing, rewriting, outright doing the science project. It's too much. OK, um, but it's our ego. It's our ego in the sense of the, the peer pressure now, which is to be a good mother, as you've said, equals I do everything for my kid. We've completely lost sight of the fact, y'all. That our job as parents, let me just make this really plain. Our job as parents is to put ourselves out of a job. We have succeeded when our offspring are able to be completely independent of us. Doesn't mean we don't love them and they don't love us. We build after they become independent, then we can be interdependent, mutual care and concern. But we have confidence in our soul. My kid can take care of business. My kid is absolutely fine on their own. Doesn't mean I'm not valued. It means I have succeeded. We need to shout that message from the freaking rooftops. Truly. I think so many parents will be like, is there a list of what they should be doing by what age? Because the the intuition is gone for so many parents. Like the confidence is gone. Is there a list? There is. So in my books... I've created in the harm of overparenting list. I say, here are eight, here are the things an 18 year old should know how to do. Okay. In this book, um, ostensibly for young adults, uh, is right at the, right at the front of both books are these lists. I think, um, everyone's going to go buy these books. Okay. Well, yeah. Right. So this is things like, um, uh, you know, I mean, I just want you to know this. Like I know the parents in your community have younger kids, but you ought to be parenting with this in mind. And these are right? all teenagers. These are teen okay. and teens too. So we're talking. Okay, good, like good, good. Up there, okay. You know? So they need to be able to. I'm reading from the chapter called "Tag You're It: The Terror and Joy of Fending for Yourself." Okay, this is not for a 13 year old. You have to fend for yourself unless life is really tough in your family. This is 17, 18, 19, 22, 25. Right? Attend to the care and maintenance of your body. Find work that pays your bills. Try hard. This is about the importance of effort. You're not perfect. Forget trying to be perfect. You need to try hard. You need to get back up when you fall down. Four, make your own decisions. Don't constantly be looking left and right for a parent to tell you, should you rent this apartment? Should you get this data plan? Should you, look, start making your own decisions. Five, get along with others. Okay? We got to stop intervening in play dates when kids aren't getting along and let them work things out mm. a is lot more than we do. Ages? Yes, but but if you don't, when they're younger, they can't when they're older because they haven't practiced. Childhood is supposed to be a practice for all of this adult stuff. That is hard. And we've deprived them of doing enough for themselves in childhood. No wonder they're total deer in the headlights when they get to their young 20s or late teens. Number six, keep track of your stuff. My colleagues, you know, the basics are like body, bills, belongings. You got to keep track of that. I love that. Number seven, right? Number seven is reply and show up. This is about common courtesy, about our obligation to one another. We're in a society. When someone says, can you come to my party? You don't not answer. You don't say it's free right now because that implies something better might come along and then I won't do it. No, common courtesy, reply, say no if you don't want to go. 
Yeah. The person's trying to plan a party. Don't ask what's for dinner. And then then say all. Yes. Yes. And then I have eight, find your people and care for them. That is about being in not just friendships, but maybe relationships, community, like you're gathering a set of humans who are going to be your people Mm -hmm. and you belong to them too. And you got to care about them. Being an adult is about more than you. And then number nine, plan for your future. And that's about money and savings and good choices. And then I say, wait, is that it? No, actually there's more. Most of these topics are fleshed out in subsequent chapters. This is a big book, but yeah, there are lists and um, I, there are lists of chores. Kids need to be doing chores in childhood because that develops develops a work ethic so that they'll be valued in the workplace. So they know how to do the stuff that needs to be done instead of just wait to be praised or told what to do or have their lives handled. Chores equal success in life. Okay. Instead of making our kids do chores, if we're privileged, we're often, oh, we'll hire someone to do that or we'll take care of it. Let them be enriched with their little enrichment videos or with their Mandarin language study and we'll take care of everything around them. No, you're supposed to invite kid into the work of life. Everybody should get this book. This is not by me. This is Hunt Gather Parent by Micheline Duclef who uh, is a journalist with our national public radio here in the U.S. This is all about how indigenous societies raise kids who are more competent, more confident, and more emotionally regulated and calm because they're invited to participate in the work of family life instead of held up on these pedestals as these precious things and all that matters is their marks in school and what hockey team they're on. Their marks and happiness, right? We cater to make them happy all the time and to make them like entertained all the time and to feel good all the time. So what you're saying is sometimes you have to get uncomfortable and you have to get them in, even though they're going to complain and they're going to not, it's not going to be easy. You got to do it. So here's the thing. If you start early, they don't complain. They just know this is the work of life. Like you go like this with your head. This is what I learned from McLean Duclef's book. You go like this when they're little, we're making dinner now. And you just do that and you walk in the direction of the kitchen and your little ones will follow you. And you'll have a nice little wooden stool with a little strap that your three-year-old can climb on. The strap is to make sure they don't fall backwards onto the floor and you have a plastic knife and they're going to cut some things that they can cut safely as you're preparing the more complicated part of the meal. You bring them into the work. You say, we're cleaning up the toys now. And you right. walk in that direction, your little one follows. And little ones can dust and they can sort laundry oh, by colors. They love it. And they love it. But if you don't start chores till they're 10 or 12, they're like, what? Why? <laughs> what are you talking about? So starting young is the key. Is it too late? So for moms right. who have <laughs> tweens and teens right now and they have 10 and 12 year olds and they're like. And they haven't been doing I've, a lot of chores. Is it, is it too late? I would say, girl, that's exactly where I was. Look, remember, I'm a former university dean. I'm telling parents of 18 to 20 year olds, let go, back off. Your kid is going to be fine. I'm proudly saying that. I'm rooting for my students to have agency and accountability and freedom. Then I come home one night and discover that I'm one of those parents because I lean over my 10-year-old son's plate and I begin cutting his meat. Okay, so on the one hand, at work, I'm saying, back off, parents of 18-year-olds at home. I'm cutting the meat of a 10-year-old. All right. So now some of y'all are going, so what's wrong with cutting the meat of a 10-year-old? And I'm here to say, it's too old to be cutting their meat. You shouldn't be bathing them at 10. You shouldn't be tying their shoes at eight. Like they're supposed to be learning this stuff. Okay, you've, step one, step two, step three, step four, you've gotta be teaching your kid. It's never too late. 
the later you start, the harder it is because you're met with their resistance because they're used to being coddled and handled and they don't have to do any work. So you're going to have to put your hands on your hips and say, I need to prepare you for when you leave this house. You will be leaving this house and we're going to applaud you when you go and you need to be ready. So here's the broom. Like we got to make up for lost time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What about the parent who has the kid who's like, I, I, I like, who's defiant of helping? Like, there must be some kids who just don't want to launch. They're comfortable in the spot, I, the spot of mom taking care of them or dad taking care of them. That thirty-year-old in the basement. So the phrase "tough love" has been used for decades, and in this context, tough love is. Let me just step one step back. We are closer to our kids than our parents ever were to us and then their parents were to them. And that is good. We have a love and a connection and awareness uh, about our kids' lives that, you know, prior generations didn't have. Okay. That is great. We just don't want to let all that love turn our kids into veal who are ready to be slaughtered by the world because they've just been so coddled and cared for. They can't do a darn thing for themselves. If you can picture like, I don't want my kid to be slaughtered in the world and I know I won't be alive forever to do everything for them. So what's the solution that I'm supposed to teach them to do more for themselves? The tough love version of this is let's set a plan. We need to talk if they're 30 or 25 or 21. We need to talk about your plan for moving out. Um, You may not be ready right now. We get that. But we know that um, you need to because that's what young people do. Uh, You've got to either be a full-time student or a full-time working person or some combination of the two. And let's set a plan for uh, a timeline for when that's going to happen. We're going to start charging you rent to live here. 
Um, so you'll, when you're working, unless you're a full-time student, we're going to expect that if you're a working person, we're going to charge you rent and you charge a rent that is a little bit under market. So it's cheaper for them to be at home than to be out in the town by themselves. And you've put that in place. If that's worked, then when they're done and they finally do move out, you hand that aggregated rent back to them. You say, mm-hmm. we've held on to it for you. And it's got a bit of interest. And now this is a bit of a nest egg for you to deal with some of your expenses going forward. It's all a part of the teaching. That's teaching them how money works, you know? And I'm Um, assuming if you have a 16-year-old who doesn't want to go to school, you could apply those same things where it's rent time if you're not, because you said full-time school, where if you have a 15-year-old who's choosing to not participate, that's a big issue in our community is just the non-participation in school. Um, Really? I think COVID's been really hard. Sure, sure. Motivation is really low, and... Launching has been even harder because moms are tired. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's this is this is a this is a factor. Absolutely. So let's take COVID as you know off both on and off the table. It's like a very different time. Everyone's mental health has been suffering during COVID. That is valid. That is real. It is normal to be depressed or anxious or languishing right now. Okay, let's just that's normal. Most people are dealing with some degree of that. Okay, so now's not the time, I think, to be booting your kid out of the house. (laughs) But now is the time to be saying, let's develop a plan. Okay, so are you going to be able to find some work this summer? Great. You know, uh, what is it you think you want to do this fall? You're trying to look when we overparent, we're depriving our kids of agency. I can't the sense that their own heads, I can do things. We deprive them of resilience, which is I can cope when things go badly. Mm -hmm. And we deprive them of the opportunity to develop good character because we're basically handling all their necessary. Like we we talk to people for them. They don't have to develop, uh, you know, manners and a sense of how to be around other humans if we're handling everything. So I actually have this little drawing of how to be the arc of becoming an adult is you start as this like little tiny baby who can't do anything and you end up as this freestanding adult who waves goodbye but comes home for you know dinner and weekends and holidays and agency sorry agency resilience and character are the arc of becoming an adult arc so we're trying to constantly develop agency resilience and character in our kids and um So when we're having conversations about, okay, life after the pandemic, what does it look like for you? Don't tell them what to do. Say, we want to talk to you. What are your thoughts? You know, what are, what are you starting to think about? How can we support that? Um, It's respectful, but it's also clear. Like at some point you will, you know, military job, school, those are the three major categories of what adults do after they leave high school. And you've got to pick one of those and, Let's help you down that path. What age do you start that conversation of like, I guess, are you preparing them to launch by having this conversation at 15, 16? Like, is it like, okay, what does it look like? What is your plan for the next three years to get you where you want to go? Or is that something that is too overwhelming for a 15 year old to grasp? Yeah, it's too overwhelming for a 15-year-old to think about the next three years. They can think about the next nine months, the next year. Um, The older we get, the longer time horizon we have. We can start articulating five-year goals when we're in our 20s. You know, we can articulate 10-year, you know, it just, but for little ones, if you think about it, age five, it's like what's happening in the next 15 minutes is about all they can handle. Um, And I talk about that in my new book, Your Turn, um, this this time horizon, quoting my uh, friend and colleague from Stanford, 
Dina Glickman. Um, so with a 15 year old, I would just be um, signaling with my language um, uh, here, come on, let me, you know, I'm roasting a chicken tonight and I want to teach you how, you know, one day you're going to have your own apartment and this is a great meal you can make for friends. You know, instead of like, you need to learn to cook, like invite them, entice them. Right. Yeah. Um, Be my sous chef tonight. You know, can you chop all the vegetables? I want to show you how to keep potatoes from going dark when, after you've cut them, you keep them in cold water. You know, you're, you're supposed to be teaching all of this stuff, not to be mean, but to be like preparing them. How do you teach that inner, you said the inner work, you know, you, you said one of the things that an 18 or 19 year old should have the inner hard work. Is that only three chores or what is that through? Um, yeah, it's effort. It's try hard. It's, um, it's a, it's what we call what researchers call a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Are you familiar with that concept? If you sort of, okay touching upon it for us. And so we, so I think can understand what their child might have or their teen or tween. This is the work of Carol Dweck, who's in the psychology department at Stanford, right up the road from me. She says a a fixed mindset is developed when we tell our kids, you're so smart, you're perfect. Okay. It's like, I am that thing. So when they get a high mark, we say, oh, you're so smart or, oh, you're perfect. It tells them I am that thing and um, I don't ever want to try anything really challenging because I don't want evidence that I'm not that thing. If I try something outside my comfort zone and maybe instead of getting this mark, I get this mark, then I'm not smart. I'm not perfect. So they want to just stay sort of forever in this soft, cocoony place where they know I'm I'm good. Okay. A growth mindset is I worked hard. Okay. When I work hard, things pay off. When I get high marks, it's because I worked hard. Okay, not because I'm perfect or I'm smart. No, my effort is what led to that outcome. And I can always redouble my effort. When I get knocked down, I can examine what did I do? What could I have done differently? How can I avoid that in the future? What can I learn from that? And keep going. So we need to be articulating this in our homes. And when we praise our kids, it's you worked really hard at that. I'm proud of you. Instead of you're so smart, you know, Mm. no, focus on their effort. That's in your language. And then chores do develop that work ethic that sense of hey we work around here and we also enjoy our leisure time and all of that comprises a life and um that's another way to build that intuitive sense in a kid like i need to be useful i need to pitch in i need to roll up my sleeves you don't want your kid to be that entitled person on their first job out in the corporate world or wherever they are and something falls or somebody slips or something spills, you know, or some j- something jams and they just sit there like, I'm Wasn't good. Me? No, you're not good. Go be useful. Yeah. At least show up and say, can I help? Or even better, look around and figure out how you can help. Run for the paper towels, you know, go, go call the whatever. Just be useful. That's what a boss will respect. Yeah. Not that you just sat on your butt and waited for someone else to handle everything. Right. So, so you can see how right. home life prepares a kid to be useful and ultimately successful and thriving in the workplace. Uh, so true. One other thing I want to touch on is, um, okay, as far as the overparenting and the helicopter parenting, there are so many times in our uh, child's lives, like definitely in our kid's age right now, where we can step in and stop them from... Um, failing or not completely succeeding or not doing the best that could possibly happen. And we step in um, 
if are when we step in like that, are we are are we helping them or hurting them? Yeah, is that is that hurting their growth? Do they need to fail sometimes to see what it feels like in order to grow and be more resilient and successful later? Like, is this is that very important? Cat and Nat, you know the answer. <laughs> It harms them. In my newest book, Your Turn, right up there, I talk about life's beautiful F words, not the F word that comes to mind. Um, Falling, floundering, fumbling, failing, flailing, and feedback. These are things that we don't want to have happen. But when they do happen, we learn. These are life's biggest teachers, We don't grow in our comfort zone. We don't grow when someone else is handling the stuff of life for us. We grow by getting feedback or learning just because we we feel it within ourselves. Like, oh, I didn't do that very well. What can I do differently next time? So we're getting what I would call a short-term gain when we over, when we step in, that's short-term gain, long-term pain. Okay. The kid never learns to do it for themselves. You want, you know, the people who read the Bible. Apparently, Jesus said, you don't give a man a fish, you teach a man to fish. That's what we're supposed to be doing with parenting. You know, all right, maybe you give a fish and teach them in the same moment. But the point is, if you're always giving them the fish, they can never fish. And the helicopter thing is you're like in your helicopter, taking them to the summit of life. And they don't know what to do when they get there because they're afraid because they haven't built the skills to get themselves there. Well, can you and and then and if you get there and as a parent you're like this is exactly the opposite of what I wanted to happen, but I didn't put in the work and now we're all screwed. Yes. All right. I got to give you a visual that I think works. May I? Yeah. It's a it's a helicopter. It's sometimes parents say to me, I've been all over the U.S. I've been to many places in Canada with this first book, the overparenting book, and parents will say to me, When do I start giving my kid independence? And my response is, Why did you stop? And I wind them back in their memory to when their child was about age one and learning to walk. Okay. I say, you cleared the sharp objects out of their path. Okay. You made sure it was safe and you get out of their way. You, you don't shout at when they try to stand and walk, take a step and fall and they pull themselves back up and fall. You don't say what's wrong with you. I'm so embarrassed by you. I need to walk for you. You don't, right? You take a photo, you get on FaceTime with grandparents. Like, look, they're learning. You got to take that same joy out into every skill, everything they're doing. Of course, you can get higher marks if you do the grade four math. You've been a grade four. Now it's your kid's turn. Stop living their life for them. Overparenting at the learn to walk stage would be picture this. This works because we're on video, right? You would stand behind them like your little one is learning to walk and they're falling and you just want to help because you can because you know how to walk. So you put your body up behind them. So here's your kid and you put two fingers under this underarm and two fingers under this underarm of your kid and you walk them forward right? Look, we're walking. We're walking. If they fall, they fall into your, into your body, your strong body. And if they start to sag, you lift them up and we walk together to the other parent or whomever that, you know, the end, right. And we'd be like, we walk. No, you didn't. The kid did not walk and you know it. And you would never do that when your child is learning to walk. So why are you doing it with math? Why are you doing it with sorting out difficulties with the coach or with a friend? Why are you doing it when they, you know, something breaks in a store and you're like, oh, don't blame my child. And so I'm like, no, you need to learn from this. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to be right. 
So I, keep I, that visual of like my child learning to walk. This would be over parenting. I'm not going to do that. Yes, Let me not do that so, ever. Because every, so much sense. every parent can find a reason for why they're helping or helping, uh, helping them not to launch because they want them to get into university because this grade is going to hurt them here because they're going to hurt themselves or they're going to get in a bad situation with a group of friends. I need to step in, right? And I guess we have to let go of that and they have to learn the hard way because that's the only way they're going to learn and they're going to make bigger mistakes as they get older with, and we can't intervene all the time. So it's like this weird cycle that we have to let go so they can make baby mistakes when they're little and learn how to navigate those and not just go to the big, massive ones. Right. That's exactly Oh right. my gosh. Everything, first of all, your energy is unbelievable. It actually makes uh, us excited about parenting, going and tackling these things and being, and creating these independent children. And everything you say makes so much sense. And it's so right. I just think sometimes parents need to be reminded. And I think that you're- And permission, books- given permission that, you know, this is what you do. This is your job. This is not, this is the exact opposite of what we, we think is right. This is the right way. And, and parenting is work. And, 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 and it, you know, it, it doesn't just, it's not just an easy thing. It's a, to, to raise children, independent children is part of our job. And we want to eventually retire from that job. Exactly. I'm going to pop. I'm going to pop into the chat just so you have it. I'm going to pop um, a link to the four-step method for teaching any kid any skill. And, and everyone, I'm going to... Everyone will get an email, and we're going to put this one on our big... our um, our. Uh, we have two podcasts, so it'll go on the other podcast, too. So the people that are watching you live right now get first access to you, and they will all get a, a summary, and they will get these articles, and they will get the steps delivered right to their mailbox, and then everyone... Perfect. Will have- our big, um, our big uh, podcast or our other podcast will get the links down below in the description right to you and hyperlinked back to you because uh, I can tell you we have had a lot of people explain parenting, but the future for parenting is really a conversation we haven't had. And I think it is eye-opening. It gives us permission to parent in a way that is almost free. Like you're it like, is. Oh, I want that. That's look the at point. How much fun I'm having. <laughs> I'm an adult. Yeah. Right? You're supposed to be having more fun than you are. We're I supposed to be that. modeling for our kids that adults are happy, healthy people with work and hobbies and relationships. Full We're supposed life. to be spending time with our partner, our spouse, if we have one, like to model for our kids that adults focus on their relationships with one another, that the kids are not the center of the universe. Making the kid the center of the universe is not love. It's control. It's ego. It doesn't give the kids room to grow. My TED Talk is something everybody should watch because it talks about how we treat our kids like bonsai trees, manufacturing them to look like the perfect child, just, you know, because we clip and prune them to look like the ideal we have in mind. And our kids are wildflowers, And they need, you know, the basics so that they can flourish and grow. We are not our child. Our child is not us. And social media does not, just because your children dress up and all look the same and have their degrees does not mean that, you know, you're a better, you're a better human because of it. It just means that you got a picture at a good moment. Right. Exactly. So uh, we will be putting up everywhere people can find you and your books. Thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to go look at my kids and put them to work. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Y'all are doing such important work and I love how you show up and how you are. And I'm just delighted to get to be with you and your community today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I hope we see you again. Yes. 
Uh, let's make it happen. I would I love, love that. that. Thank you. So All right. Much. Take care, y'all. Bye. Bye.